everybody. Welcome back to Fingers Crossed Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Christy, and that's... <laughs> Excuse me? Just kidding. I want to see if you're wearing, paying attention. Yes. Uh, uh, we're switching roles today, everybody. So I'm going to come up with a really cheesy jingle in two seconds, but I don't have that capacity, so that's perfect. Why I'm not Sierra. So welcome to the episode, everyone. We have a great one in store for you. Very timely very um, relevant to y'all, apparently, since we got a lot of responses for it. And it's all about Indeed. quitting your job. Da, da, da. Quitting your job. There she goes with the jingle, like I mentioned. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, everything's yeah. on track. All is right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, we have a lot of stories to share, a lot of different experiences. Uh, we have some insight as to, you know, how to know when it's right for you. If you've been thinking about quitting your job, all the above, obviously, you know, with good reason and if it's what you need to do, not just if you're bored or don't want to work because a lot of people don't want to work, but it's right. all about no, when you really, really should quit. Great resignation. So it's, it's a, it's a big thing. It's dramatic and it's affecting many, many people. Um, but yeah, I totally lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Lemons? We're talking about us. This podcast us. is all about us. So before we get into all about the great resignation and quitting and all that jazz, we're going to talk about us for a minute because we are self-centered. No, but we are doing a little update <laughs> what's going on in our lives before we jump into the episode as usual. So just catching up with y'all. It's been a week. Things have happened. It's been a Labor Day weekend. How was your weekend, Sierra? How was your trip? How was Disneyland? We want to hear all about it. Yeah. So for Labor Day weekend, I went down to San Diego and it was a really good time. Uh, We were celebrating his, uh, Jason's dad's birthday. Um, Happy birthday. Yes. Happy birthday to him. See Leo? Libra? uh, No. no, Virgo? I think Virgo. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know anything about Virgos. I don't think I know any. I think Libra season starts mid-September, like September 23rd or something like that. Okay. Something like that. Anyway, um, beside the point, I got to meet or like hang out with a lot of Jason's like San Diego friends um, because a lot of his, he's a lot of close friends from high school. I don't really have a lot of friends from high school who I still talk to very often, um, but he has a ton of like high school friends and I got to, we all like went out to a bar together and I kind of got to like talk and connect with a lot of them, which was nice. It's kind of like fun to see you know, like where these people come from and like, you know, San Diego. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know what I mean? Like actually like make those connections. And so that was really yeah. nice. And then on Monday I went to Disneyland or to California adventure with a couple friends. It was my first time going since I, you know, quit, quit her job, <laughs> resigned from my role, hung up the crown, as I said. And, uh, I got a little emotional at some points. I think really? it would have been way more so if I had gone into actual Disneyland and like seen the castle and the places I used to perform and all of that. Because yeah, because you never worked in California Adventure, right? Except my brief stint with Princess Dining at Ariel's Grotto, but that was years ago. Well, now that, that doesn't even exist, right? Or no, yeah, it doesn't happen? exist anymore. I mean, okay. the building is still there, but like they don't do What's Princess Dining now. There. It's called the Lamplight Lounge. It's like the same. It's like a food and dining place. It's just they made it like a not character trendy restaurant it's not like characters i feel like Um, a lot of the demographic for california adventure is a much older it's like the disney adult kind of place like they have all the alcohol there that's probably why yeah and And they also moved princess dining to like a super they made it like a luxury high-end experience that costs i think 125 dollars a person was it not expensive enough before well now it's like an all-inclusive thing where like it's like a five course plated breakfast with like gold crusted pastries and you know what i mean that's kind of sad because what about all the kids who like 
that's not you know accessible their for their family and they want to meet ariel when they're eating pancakes that are shaped like mickey you know what i mean like that's crazy well, they can still meet ariel with regular admission like at the regular princess meet and greet, right but, but they don't get mickey shaped pancakes at the same time that was a very important pastries. part of my childhood <laughs> no it's they, there's still goofy's kitchen which is reopening soon um uh, which is oh, like okay. the, the more affordable character dining but it's not face characters it's like goofy mickey Minnie. but gotcha, i think to gotcha. most kids if they don't know that the princess signing is there, like they're not going to miss it. You know what I mean? But it's, it's right. like prior, prior to the pandemic anyway, they were sold out almost like every weekend. So people, wow. p- people paid for it. Anyway, I digress. So I went to Disneyland. I got a little emotional when we were driving past like my old um, company parking structure, which is really funny <laughs> because I was like, <laughs> nothing that makes you nostalgic, like a hunk of concrete where cars park. Honestly, but I was thinking because it was a left turn off of this one road where I would turn in to go to the ball. company parking. Yeah, off of ball. And I remember thinking to myself like, oh, I'm never going to be allowed to turn in here again because you have to beep your ID <laughs> to go into this parking structure. Oh my I am God. now a, like I'm a commoner now. Anyway, so I just had a little moment there, but I got over it. And I then, love how that's where you were emotional is <laughs> parking. That's well, because I had not driven past that or like been down there since the pandemic, with the exception of when you and I went to downtown Disney, Christy, but mm-hmm. we went a different way. So I never drove past the cast member parking. Also, I didn't know I was quitting at that time. So anyway. But yeah, um, yeah. So did that. So we had a really great time. Um, went on rides and had fun. And uh, yeah, that's fun. pretty much it for me. Oh yeah, and then Christy and I were just talking about that September thirteenth is a big day because uh, Jason's starting the first day of his new job. It's the first day of Christy's new job. It's the first day of our friend Nicole's new job, and it's another friend's birthday. So September thirteenth is just a lucky day this year. Yeah, and actually it's going to be in the past when this goes up because this goes up on September 14th. So you guys didn't even know, but yesterday was a big day. (laughs) Yesterday was a big day. I hope it was a big day for all of you too. Yes, let us know what you guys did on September 13th. If you had any life-changing moments, we should look and see if there's any like astrological <laughs> shifts happening on September 13th. I'm right now. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's kind of like my life update too. Starting my job next week, I had a meeting with my boss this morning and we just went over all my contracts and stuff and um, got all my IT stuff set up so I can have that done ahead of time. And I'm really excited to start and... I don't know. I'm just feeling like very at peace in a sense. I feel like a lot of times I'm really nervous before I start a new job, you know, like don't know what to expect, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, I feel very ready um, for this. And I think it'll be great. So yeehaw. Um, Nothing crazy to report yet. I feel like I'll have a longer update next week, like after I start and get, you know, swing in with things. But now I'm still just in the prepping process and getting all my ducks in a row um what else is new in my life oh last weekend i went to nashville for the first time yeah how was it that was my, you bridal wild bridal yeah yeehaw so it was labor day weekend right and i just figured that like everyone would wear white because labor day you know you're not supposed to wear white after labor day like that's a thing a lot of people have like white clothing parties on labor day weekend and I stuff have never heard of that ever what you thought people would be wearing white to celebrate labor day are you trolling what? me right now? This is a common knowledge thing, Sierra I mean, Green. I know there's like the thing that's like, oh, you can't wear white jeans after Labor Day. Hey, I follow fashion rules. But like, yeah, I've never seen anyone be like, oh, God, Labor Day's coming. Better get the white <laughs> jeans out, everybody. All white. Here we go. Like, Maybe I've never... the East Coast thing. Because I feel like yes. people care a lot more about it here. They do. And I know that for a fact because I know two people 
bless their hearts, who are from the East Coast, who have both told me with utter seriousness that you should not wear white after Labor yeah. Day. And I was like, oh, I don't really care about that. And they're like, oh, I wouldn't do it. Like, <laughs> it's like bad luck for seven years. Um, yeah, I always bring up the story because I genuinely think it was the funniest thing to ever happen. Maybe not in my life because that's dramatic and it's probably not. And even when I tell it back, it's going to be not as funny. But a few years ago when I lived in D.C., my oh, roommate God, and I, I, love this story. I, love <laughs> I always this story. bring it up. It's my favorite. I just remembered story. what story it was. See, yeah. This is why this is what made me realize how seriously people took it on the East Coast. So this is my first year living in D.C. I just moved there the month before. And not that that really matters. Like, who cares? But it was mid-September. Right. So it was a couple weeks after Labor Day. And my roommate and I were going out to a bar. And my roommate comes in my room. She has these like outfit options. She's like, what if I wear this? Is it too summery? And it's white pants and like a blue and white striped shirt. And this was like my West Coast ass was like, and she was like, oh no, it's after Labor Day. Like I really shouldn't wear these white pants. And I was like, who cares? Like time is a social construct. Like wear what you want. You look so cute. And I explicitly said, it's not like some guy is going to look at you and tell you that white pants don't go after Labor Day. Like, come on. You know, so we're like, okay, yeah, she's going to wear the outfit. (laughs) And then hours later, we go to this bar. We've been there for a while, hanging out, having a good time. White pants are not an issue up to this point. And then we go to leave the bar and there's these guys like standing outside and they're like trying to talk to us, like hit on us or whatever. And we're just trying to go home. And so we were like, no, sorry. I don't know. We were probably like not very nice about it, but you know, when guys are just annoying and they're not like being nice to you and you're like "Eh." don't worry so you you dismissed their advances and exactly (laughs) that's a good way to say it and then we're walking away and this guy yells after us he goes white pants don't go after labor day lady (laughs) i seriously cannot like a man a male a, a supposedly straight man since he was hitting on us and it was just so funny in the moment because i had sat and we were drunk so i was on my ass laughing at this like this was the funniest thing that had ever happened in my life at that moment because i had told her no one would say that like I, so you will the know. universe to make that happen i that's i really so funny. did I like that was that. so funny anyway so that's my labor day story but in the present moment in 2021 so my thought was okay i have this really cute white romper i'm gonna wear this in now and I have white boots too I just got them and it's like okay last weekend before Labor Day like whatever and I thought this would be like a a common mindset anyway I get there I get in my white outfit and my friend looks at me she goes you're just gonna look like a bridesmaid who only has two friends on her (laughs) bachelorette it did look very bridal I will say with the corset and like how the skirt was kind of flowy and wearing like a sash or a crown or anything I guess that's more of a Vegasy thing because I feel like I didn't really see a ton well I did see some like yeah whatever anyway but basically Nashville I I kind of knew this but like once you were in front of it you really see Nashville is literally 75% bridal parties yeah, literally all bachelorette parties bachelorette, uh, it is destination. huge um, very female energy like girls going crazy because it's all of them like partying up before their weddings right, right. and so I'm like okay yeah I definitely look like a bridesmaid and um, 
we we leaned into it we played it up it was a really fun time honestly because of all the live music and like mm-hmm. it wasn't all country either I kind of expected to be all country and I like I like some country but um they played like a variety of songs there was places where they did like throwback songs it was just really good energy and then there was one place where we're listening to this band play and this guy grabs me and just starts dancing with me like doesn't say anything before that and we're dancing and he goes congratulations <laughs> he thinks I'm getting married and I'm like yeah like I never was sure if marriage was for me but I just I found this <laughs> the love of my life and I go on and on about it and of course um, you did yeah of course like this is the perfect opportunity for me to make up an alias that doesn't exist and tell yeah him exactly and I was Iowa. dressed for it unknowingly so it really did work out but it was a lot of fun great weekend we were only there for 48 hours so I didn't really get to explore much of the city yeah it was and- a quick trip yeah, we left at 6 a.m. Well, it was, I think our flight was at 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. So um, it was very little sleep, but we made I'm it. Sure we going made out Saturday night was fun with that. Yes, it was quite an adventure. I honestly, it wasn't even that crazy of a weekend. Like, I didn't drink a crazy amount and it was a lot of fun, but it wasn't like over the top. So yeah. it was good. I think it Just was a nice, a, yeah, a little mini getaway. Trip. And yeah, now I'm back getting things ready for my job next week. And that's what's been uh, going on with me. So I feel like neither of us have any like serious lemons or anything this week. No, I mean, just excited about the new new jobs and all of that. So uh... anyway, thanks for listening to our life updates. We're going to get into the episode and talk about why you should quit your job right now. (laughs) Just kidding. Don't do it right now. Think it through. Okay. Maybe later. And as usual, we are so honored to have HelloFresh sponsoring this episode today with you guys. We love HelloFresh here at Fingers Crossed. I actually made a HelloFresh meal last night and I have leftovers in my fridge that I'm very much looking forward to eating because HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Meal they make kit it so service. fun. Oh, I yes, thought we were saying thank that. On you. You're a little late on that, but my yeah. bad. Yeah. We love HelloFresh. <laughs> <laughs> um, they make the most delicious and easy to put together meals for you and your family and your friends and your enemies if you want. It's a great time. Yeah, exactly. You know, what we were just talking about that fall is like going to be really busy with people getting back to their jobs and everyone kind of get into that routine. And with fall being busy, HelloFresh recipes save you time that you would otherwise spend meal planning, shopping, going to the grocery store, looking for parking, all of those really busy things. So you and the can pumpkin get back patch to Trader Joe's. Exactly. So you can get back to what matters, <laughs> which is eating healthy, delicious food that doesn't take your entire day to plan and make, which is why HelloFresh is so great at that. Speaking of fall, the fall harvest is officially on with HelloFresh. Count on seasonal recipes like pumpkin cinnamon rolls, that sounds amazing, and friends giving ready sides, as well as fresh, high-quality ingredients that travel from the farm to your front door in less than a week. I personally love HelloFresh because it comes all pre-portioned, ready to make. You don't have any food waste because it's just the amount that you need, which is so nice when I'm just shopping for one person. And then I have leftovers and then I don't have to waste food by getting a bunch of extra stuff. And it just makes it that much easier for me. Go to HelloFresh.com slash FingersCrossed14 and use code FingersCrossed14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Again, that is HelloFresh.com slash FingersCrossed14. Use that code. Fingers crossed 14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Quit your job. What a way to start. If you want. I feel like we gotta have to like go out swinging, you know, because we um are making bold statements here. It is but pretty bold. That is exactly what this episode is about. It is all about quitting your job, when to do it, how to know if it's right, how to go about it, steps to take, you know, 
weighing the pros and cons, stories of people who have done this, etc. Yeah, like where the cutoff is between toughing something out or like you're getting adjusted to it and then kind of realizing that like this is not healthy for you and not working for you. Yeah, like what's worth it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And uh, we're so excited to talk about this episode. It's just, we feel like it's come at such an important time. And when we posted on our Instagram that we were going to be talking about this, which is at Fingers Cross Pod, by the way, if you're not following already, uh, we got so many responses from you guys just saying how timely this was how you're considering quitting your jobs how you've just quit how you know this is the you know it just it feels like it's the perfect timing and so and there's this concept called the great resignation that's kind of happening now I don't know if you guys have heard that term before but Christy was the one that introduced me to it Um, and we have some couple articles to read with you guys but that this time is such a pivotal time more so than I think ever before people are re-evaluating and reconsidering like what they're doing with their life and like where they want to be going so we're really excited to talk today coming off of such a you know pivotal time with the pandemic and so many things changed work-wise and like obviously they've had pandemics before in the past but they didn't have the technology that we have today where your job was just shifted to online or like remote work was possible and all of these different doors were opened that previously just weren't really considered because like oh, you know, we've always done it a certain way. The pandemic definitely forced people to do things a different way and maybe shifted a lot of priorities and how people thought about their jobs and how they wanted to work and what was important to them in life and work. And if they were devoting too much of their life to work and all of that, like so Mm -hmm. much, it's kind of just like the pandemic dug up a lot of dust and the dust is resettling a little bit differently. And that's kind of what the great resignation is showing us is like, yeah. Things aren't going to be the same. There's a whole wave of people that don't want to put up with the same things that maybe they had in the exactly. past anymore. I so. think this last year and the, well, I guess it's more than a year ago, the last two years, almost at this point, year and a half of- Don't everything... say two years. Nope. Well, <laughs> we're refuse. getting there. Anyway, but like when all this time has shifted, I think a lot of us realized like our worth and that like we're worth a lot more than we had been allowing ourselves to be, you know, and that we're not going to- put up with like you said we're not you know we have more limits on what we're going to put up with and also financially you know realizing what it means to be financially stable I think there's a lot that shifted with that during the pandemic and not knowing maybe where your next paycheck is going to come from or for me when I was making more money on unemployment insurance than I was working two jobs I was like Mm -hmm. okay this is a problem like I don't want to be undervalued you know, like continuously for the rest of my life, like it really kind of made put some consider things into consideration for me. Um, you know, right. just like it, it and also, like you said, all that downtime is like, you're, you're alone with your thoughts. And I think we, we had a check-in, we all had this big check-in with ourselves on like, what is really important to us? Like, what are our values? And does this job does work align with them? Exactly. So, totally. um, yeah. And, and it's not just something that we've noticed. Like we, there are many, articles and studies um, being done. I'm sure you've noticed there's like a huge shortage of workers in the food service industry and in like retail and, you know, everywhere has a sign that's like hiring, hiring. Um, it's it's like a phenomenon that's happening right now. Um, the Great Resignation. And it makes me think of The Great Pumpkin by Charlie Brown. But it's not quite <laughs> That's what you think. It makes me think of The Great Recession because it's a little too close for that. There are two comfort, types but... of people, the ones who think of the Great Recession and the ones who think of the Great Pumpkin by Charlie Brown. Comment down below which one you are. But yeah, yes, it's definitely yourself. like the biggest shift, I think, in, you know, the labor market in a long time. 
Um, and there's definitely some articles to back it up. We have one by NPR actually up that I'll share. If you guys don't really know of the Great Resignation, I keep wanting to say recession. Here, I'll just read the beginning part of this Harvard Business Review article about it. By now, you've probably heard about the so-called Great Resignation. In the past few months, survey after survey have shown that people everywhere are thinking about quitting their jobs. It seems that the global pandemic has caused many of us to reconsider what we want from our careers and our employers, and the strong job market has granted us the freedom to make changes. So it's kind of like a power shift, honestly, mm-hmm. from you know, the employers to the employees. And if you're not treating your workers right, you know, they're going to walk if they are able to. So, And I think it's also, like you said, with everything going online, it's, you know, people are realizing they have more power to negotiate now because you can say, oh, I could do this from home. I could, you know, you know, versus- The meeting could be an email after all. And, you know, you see other things (laughs) are doing it. So yeah, the power has kind of shifted- to like you just said the power is shifted to the workers i feel like um so which is a huge yeah you know opportunity in a sense for a lot of people who you know don't want to be mistreated or overworked for their employer's benefit instead of their own and all of that um so we're going to talk about that today and also hear from you guys specifically on stories of when you quit your jobs we kind of just wanted to make this like a story swapping session about you know, times that you've been confronted with, you know, do I quit? Do I not? How you've gone about it? Sharing people's stories that might help you out if you've been thinking about quitting and just thinking about, you know, is this really serving me in the long term? And what can I do now that might be quitting my job, finding a new one and really getting myself on that path that I want to set myself up for where I want to be in 10 years or whatnot. And this is the perfect opportunity to do it with the great resignation. So be great, resign, everyone quit. (laughs) Everyone um, just throw in the towel, which is not I, what we're another, saying, by the way. We're not just saying up and oh, quit no. your job without forethought at all, but definitely um, but that's if it's something point. you have and, been thinking about. You know, yeah. We're going to get to that later, like kind of like a list of, and there's, it's not like we just came up with this on the spot. It's a like something that has been talked about on multiple studies and articles, like, w- like these boxes, like if you're, if you're checking these boxes, like, or you agree with these statements, it's time to start thinking about something else. So we are going to get to that kind of like the list of like, when to start raising bells, like when these things are happening for you at your job, or what are the signs to quit, as well as talking about like, you know, making pros and cons list of the job. So um, we're hope we're hoping to allow this episode to be sort of a platform to like Christy said, share those stories, but also kind of give you if you're looking for that sign, Some food for thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. we want to help you find it if it's the right thing. Um, yeah. Also, with the pandemic, especially kind of how you mentioned with the nature of remote work, I feel like people have access to so many different opportunities that they didn't in the past when they felt limited by just where they lived. You know, and Absolutely. now you could like have access to all of these jobs that were previously just concentrated in maybe a couple cities that you weren't close to or didn't have the ability to move to, or like something's tying you to your hometown. But you can't just like up and move, you know, you have to consider other things. Now, there's a lot more opportunity to actually get that job and do it remotely and permanently work from home. So that's changing a lot of things too. And maybe like you haven't thought about quitting before, but a quick internet search of just looking at what's out there that you could do from where you are now and like what's what doors have opened in that regard might actually open your eyes to a lot of things that are out there so yeah one of our uh one of our graphic designers lives in boston he's never lived in la and he won't ever live in la well i don't know i don't know his life but i (laughs) he will never be allowed to move here no but i'm just saying like there, there are so many like you said opportunities to 
do jobs from all over that are, you know, expanding the breadth of like your vision and like what's available to you. So yeah. Yeah. And freelancing too. Like so many people now are probably more open to contracting people that are not necessarily like in their towns and stuff, but you could get more clients and have more freelancing opportunities if you're not working for someone else uh, because of that. So definitely capitalizing on that window of opportunity, I think is key with this, but um, I'm definitely excited to read some of your stories and get into all about how to quit your job get the heck out of there run away (laughs) and just to say we always ask you guys for your feedback on our instagram and um emails and all that we got some of the highest response rate on this topic and pretty Mm. much right after we posted it we got like hundreds of responses so if you are part of the great resignation and you are feeling these feelings you are literally in a throng of people that are feeling the same so you're not alone you are not alone by a long shot. This is a huge thing that's happening. And I think it's the perfect timing right after we discussed the defining decade where they talk about literally setting up your future. So now is the time. Marvin K. Mooney, will you please go now? Marvin K. Mooney? What's that? Oh, it's a Dr. Seuss book. You know me. My re- <laughs> weird references. <laughs> okay, Michael. Thanks for that. Yeah, thanks, Anyway, Michael. okay, so basically this article from NPR is talking about the as the pandemic recedes, millions of workers are saying, I quit. So it's talking about the trends in how, you know, the pandemic impacted it because we all know that it did cause a major recession with the economy and a lot of people losing their jobs. A record 4 million people quit their jobs in April alone, according to the Labor Department. And in normal times, people quitting their jobs in large numbers signals a healthy economy with plenty of jobs available but these aren't normal times the pandemic led to the worst recession in u.s history and millions of people are still out of jobs yet employers are now complaining about acute labor shortages it started with the restaurant industry like restaurant and hotel workers in the spring led the way with resignations it says more than 740,000 people who quit in april worked in the leisure and hospitality industry like jobs hotels like jobs like jobs in hotels, bars, restaurants, theme parks, that kind of thing, which makes a lot of sense because that was where they're like on at the most risk of COVID, right? Like people were working on the front lines and they're like, right. this isn't worth the risk of my health and like giving it to my family and stuff for such low wages and everything. Like that's, it makes a lot of sense that that would kind of start the first wave, but then other people too are seeing how, you know, things don't have to be this way and they can stand up to what they don't want in the job anymore and finally like put their foot down of things that might have been bothering them for a long time or like underneath the surface so and again going back to the whole like unemployment insurance I know not everybody because some people just went to working remote and never had to go on unemployment insurance but a lot of people I know did and myself included and it's not that like I think there's a stigma that like oh once you get on unemployment insurance you just you never want to work again because you're lazy there's a lot of people who are talking about that and maybe in some outline cases there is truth but for most people they just realize that like they had been overworked and underpaid severely and it brought making enough money without being burnt out every day brought an awareness that like this whole like grind hustle thing is a lie created by capitalism to keep overqualified workers in underpaid positions because that's what allows profit to occur and it just it, Mm -hmm. it, it became this almost like great awakening and i feel like a great awakening perfectly would lead into a great resignation and a great pumpkin and a <laughs> but great yeah no pumpkin. that makes a lot of sense especially because it is just like 
you know, such a burden put on people who are working service jobs and things where they're working in person, contacting people all the time, like, and at what cost, essentially, like, that would be a lot of stress to be under constantly worrying about, like, am I going to get sick? Like, what's going to happen, you know, but um, definitely, like, why would you do that for not even enough to begin with, let alone in a extreme circumstance? So, yeah, it's just it's made everyone rethink things on our uh, Instagram. We asked a bunch of polls to get get started here, kicking off this discussion. And we asked, have you ever quit a job? 78 percent said yes. And 22 percent said no. So that's that's, that's actually lot. higher than I thought. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was that common, honestly. I and mean, I mean, that can be all sorts of jobs. It could be corporate jobs. It could be service jobs. It could be nannying jobs. It could be whatever. But yeah, I mean, totally. That's still, that's that's a lot. So, okay. Yeah. So we asked another question talking about the great resignation and said, has the pandemic made you rethink your job or made you think about quitting even more? And 77% of people said yes, which is an overwhelming majority, if you ask me, because 77%. That's I mean, like yeah, no, it's more it, than it, two-thirds it, Yeah, people. it's. I just think that that never have we had that amount of downtime to essentially be forced to be alone with ourselves and be at home and not be working or to be on hold or thinking about how this is working and how it's not. It's like it it made us reevaluate everything. I think, you know, a sidetrack here, it made people reevaluate their relationships, like their friendships and their significant others. I think so many people, either their relationship got stronger and everyone got engaged or people broke up. You know, because it was like, it's this trying time. And at the end of a trying time, so often you come out ready to make a new choice. You know, you learn what you're made of. Exactly. You either want to reaffirm and you feel like really um, resolved in a choice that you made. You're like, this is absolutely the right thing for me. Or you learn this is absolutely not the right thing for me. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And then piggybacking off of that, what reasons we put four reasons out. What reason pushed you to quit slash would make you quit the most? Uh, The roller company isn't right. The boss work environment is not healthy. The pay benefits were insufficient and there weren't opportunities for growth. Um, The one that won overwhelmingly was the boss and work environment is not healthy. And I think a lot of that makes sense. Yeah. And a lot of the stories that we got were all about, um, when someone was being mistreated, when there was something, a lack of integrity going on, something fishy, or when someone was being overworked, underpaid, um, all those kinds of things. But we actually got a ton of responses and DMs. I, I think like at least 15 or 16 of people that said um, all of the above, all four of them, I quit for all four reasons. Like, so there's definitely it's kind of leading into that like okay when we get later to like the checklist of like when should you quit your job you know those are definitely huge parts of that and personally I have to say I have not actually quit a job in the traditional sense I don't think ever um so I don't have personal experience with this so that's why it was really interesting to hear from you guys and we wanted to like share other people's stories in this but my only because all the jobs that I've worked essentially like since school have been contracts that were like fixed terms like I knew that my end date was coming at a certain date so I never had that I was never put in a position where it's like oh I don't think this is right for me even if I have been in jobs where like I didn't really enjoy it and I didn't see myself there long term it was okay because it was already going to be a short-term thing Mm -hmm. so um, I've never been in that position where it's like you're thinking about it every day and you're dragging your feet and you're finally like, I have to pull the plug. Like I can't do this forever. But 
Yeah, because um, I do remember when you were in one of your jobs that you really weren't, you didn't like it, and it was I was not vibing. You weren't happy, but you knew it <laughs> I had am an not expiration. Good. Yeah, I'm not feeling good. Uh, <laughs> it had an expiration date, so you're like, I'm just gonna tough it out. And I think that yeah. it had it not, and had it been a permanent position, you would have had to come to this this crossroads and make a decision. Yeah, and that would have been really hard. And I can imagine because I've been in the position of like. If that, like you said, if it were permanent, I would have wanted to quit and I would have been in that position where it's like, okay, how long do I do this? What do I even need to put up with? What is the tipping point kind of thing? Yeah. Um, So definitely all things to consider, which we'll get into. But just to share like that personal anecdote, I really don't have personal advice I can give about being in that situation, but I know that it can cause like so much stress if you're just thinking about it all the time and it's like weighing on you. I mean, Um, I and I talked about this a few episodes ago, so I'm not going to go into it too much, but I did quit my job at Disney after seven years and I and I I didn't have any of the issues of like it being an unkind work environment or that yeah I had a really bad boss because my role was a little bit different than that. But I did feel on the vein, like I talked about, that it it wasn't I had, you know, hit hit the the roof of my um, my potential for growth, that I wasn't, you know, growing and changing, and that it wasn't taking me in the direct a direction for my future. And I definitely felt that those things were enough to make me ready to go. But that did not mean I did not really struggle over that decision and like cry and feel like I was you know, giving up or that I was disappointing mm-hmm. people or having to say goodbye to a lifestyle I'd been so comfortable with. And also, I feel like, honestly, those kind of situations might be even harder because when there isn't, like, a dramatic turning point or something that, you know, your boss was, like, final straw, they finally did something that pissed you off so much that, like, you just couldn't do it another day, when it's the kind of thing where it's on you and you just have to recognize that, like, you can't really grow more or, you know, this isn't going to get you where you want to be in the future. That's really hard to actually like pick up your feet and make that decision like we talked about in that episode. So I think there's varying degrees about, and a lot of people I feel like wait for signs, you know, they wait for someone else to tell them, okay, you have to quit or they wait for, you know, something to show them that like, okay, no, now you have to quit, you know, but like really you just have to be in tune with yourself and know when, you know, when the right time is for you, which might not be a very apparent or like dramatic thing that happens. It might just be like, okay, this is the natural progression where we're going in different directions. And I have to just like pull up the bootstraps and do it myself, which might be painful, but yeah, necessary. Yeah, absolutely. It's that actually relates a lot to one of our question boxes that we asked, which is um, what was the hardest part of quitting for you if you have quit a job? So we got a lot of good answers here. So we'll have to go ahead and rapid fire these for you guys. Someone anonymous named Sierra Michelle Green responded to the box as if she wasn't going to be the voice of half this podcast today. It said, saying goodbye to what you know slash your comfort zone. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, when I'm on my personal account, I always respond to our polls just because I like to be included. I love responding to Instagram polls and stuff. Oh I'm God. sorry. You're literally the most included person on this podcast besides I me. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just like I just like them. I'm okay. But yes, um, <laughs> The transition of my new phase of life. Not jumping for joy after telling my supervisor, lol. <laughs> That's a funny one. Um, fearing that my boss and coworkers thought I was um, thought it was because I was irresponsible and lazy. Oh, I don't think that they would think that. Don't think like that. I, I I totally get it, though, that like that you weren't up to the challenge or that you weren't capable. So you're quitting. You know, that's a yeah. very real fear. It's no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I want to tell her it's not true, but I. it's really it's a real fear. Totally. Fear of the unknown because I had no idea what I was going to do next. True Leaving that. A, yeah. 
sounds yeah. terrifying when you don't have something lined up but you're like i can't like do this anymore just you know even for a few months while you look for another job sometimes you got to pull the plug anyway and that in between time can be terrifying and leaves you without a roadmap which is really hard yeah leaving a job i loved but it didn't pay enough to meet my basic needs yep financial oh, stability tough. is really important and it's really hard like when everything else is in alignment but you're not it's not cutting it like yeah. you have to live it's really sad Worked in childcare, so saying goodbye to my twenty-five and six-year-olds. Oh, wait, really that would sad. be so sad. Like having a whole class of little children that like look up to you and never think you're gonna leave, and then having to say goodbye. Yeah, not to dissuade any teachers who really are miserable in their jobs and want to quit, but <laughs> there are always gonna be things that make it hard. This one says leaving friends and coworkers. I think that's one of the biggest Big things one. for people that have like really tight connections with their friends and her coworkers who have become their friends. And I think that's one of the things that um, sometimes keeps people on like past their due date, like keeps them on longer when they should have, you know, they realized they weren't growing or they weren't getting paid enough, but they have such a, they, they have such strong a friends loyalty, there. Yeah. yeah. And loyalty that you worry that if you quit, you're going to lose those friends and that you'll never, you know, make friends like that again. I'm not saying that's a dramatic what if but that's what they would think yeah the thoughts that go through your mind and that's hard because it's like you never want to base your decisions in other people and like in theory you know you want to do what's right for you but it's easier said than done and like having to actually face them and maybe you have coworkers who are also struggling in the job and you don't want to like leave them behind to deal with your like shitty boss but without you kind of thing but you can't let that like guilt keep you from doing what's right for you too Ooh, being worried about how the company will treat me once i announce that i'm quitting mm. that's a tough one i actually never really thought about that but i got some of the dms i read um i was surprised by how other coworkers and people reacted to people just announcing their two weeks like you would think that they yeah. have some respect but no it's, it's it can be really tough especially if you like really depend on them for a good reference and you know you but it's not the right job for you and someone wants to retaliate it can get really sticky mm-hmm. um feeling like i was letting people like my coworkers and boss down that's yeah, yeah that's that's another really hard thing if you know that your position is like really important and really valued and that you're really good at it but you're not happy it's not enough income, it's not whatever, you know, you're being mistreated, whatever it is, that can be a really hard feeling too. Yeah. Disappointing the people who invested in my development. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. When they invested in you and like trained you and really wanted to see you succeed there and then like leaving, I'm sure it can be really tough, especially because like companies don't want to invest so much in someone who's just going to like go and work for their competitor, you know, like that's not their ideal. So that puts you in a tough spot if you if that's what's right for you. But, you know, at what like where do you owe them? Where do you draw the yeah. line of like what you owe them for what they gave you? You know, it's just I was hard. talking to a friend about this actually the other day who she recently started a new job. And the hardest part she did was telling the person who had really advocated for her to get like a promotion within her company and like who had helped her get that or find that promotion and had helped train her and kind of get her into the new position. And then a few months later, she got this opportunity for something even you know, that would further better her career prospects in the future. And it was really hard to tell that person who had, you know, worked really hard to get her where she is. And that's, that's what's so hard. But at the same time, at the end of the day, you have to like, you have to do what's right for you. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you can't choose a company's well-being over your own well-being. 
but that doesn't yeah. it's really really tough. and honestly like it's hard to hear but I think you know that person who you might slightly let down with that decision like they'll be disappointed for a few days but like it's your life that you're going to be spending all of your time working at a job and like advancing in your future you know like they're not going to remember it a few months down the road a few years whatever but you're going to remember how you feel if you're working below your you know uh potential or something like that so it's important to think about like the long term you know it might sting initially at first and that's totally valid about someone's feelings about you leaving but what's more important long term is like your happiness and growth as a person and yeah. they'll get over it like they'll forgive you even if it was tif- difficult in the moment they'll forgive you yeah that would be so it's, a lot of people are saying like the awkwardness of handing over the two weeks that would be so hard like I've never been in that situation where it's like everyone knows that you're not going to stay or like some people will even just kind of like tell one or two people that they're planning to quit and then suddenly it spreads everywhere and people know when it's not official and stuff like that would be so uncomfortable right um and I can imagine that that would be a delicate situation to navigate yeah a lot of people are saying feeling like you failed feeling guilty feeling like you let down the team knowing that they would suffer without me because I did so much that's that's really interesting because even that that guilt is still because you often probably were doing too much. You know, you were doing like more and probably being undercompensated for it. That was such a big thing. And when we get to some of our longer responses that people were saying is being having way too much work that should have been either multiple people's positions or um, getting paid a lot more for it. But then you're mm-hmm. so afraid to go because you know that you're going to be screwing over all your other te- your coworkers who then th- those things are going to get thrown onto them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you got to, it's like the, you know, the airplane uh, oxygen mask, you know, you got to put your own on before you put on somebody else's, you know, you got to, you got to save yourself first. So when I was deciding to leave my job at Disney, I was really struggling with like trying to be sure it was the right decision. And I think I knew in my heart of hearts it was the right decision, but I Googled a lot of articles just at random, like <laughs> signs to signs to know it's time to quit your job or when is it time to go? Just because I think I knew, but I wanted someone else's external validation to help like solidify the choice for me. I think that's probably pretty common. No, I think um, that's on- honestly needed too a lot yeah. of times just to like get different perspectives on your situation even though you don't have to make your decision based on those or like a random article but it could help you to think about things differently to like consider all angles before you pull the plug yeah so in this article with the harvard business review um career coach priscilla clayman says that you should ask yourself several questions before you get to a breaking point you should consider am i working for the right organization am i in the right position and am i positioned for the future career that i want And she says, if the answer to any of these questions is no, then it's a sign you need to look for a new opportunity. You should start by thinking carefully about what's going on in your current organization. Yeah, something one of the other career coaches says is you might want to consider whether your problem with your current organization can be remedied. So if it's something that maybe you like could talk to your manager about or, you know, if you could negotiate for, you know, a pay bump or a promotion of some sort in the near future, if that's something Um, I think it is important to really, you know, exhaust all options in the sense of like, obviously, if it's a toxic work environment and like you're having anxiety attacks every day because of your boss, like that's not something to negotiate. But if it is something smaller where it could be an adjustment made in the role you're already in, um, then definitely like try and see what what the options are first before you decide to quit. 
Yeah, I think this is an article that I, um, when I was deciding to leave Disney that I read on Forbes, um, which says, uh, five undeniable signs it's time to leave your job. So I'll just go ahead and read those to you. Number one, you're unhappy most of every day doing this work. Number two, the environment is tainted with extreme toxicity, including your boss or colleagues. Number three, the skills you've been hired to use for this job aren't a fit for what you're good at or enjoy. Number four, you believe deep down that you're meant for better, bigger, and more thrilling things. Number five, the outcomes you're working towards don't feel meaningful or fulfilling to you. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I thought those were a couple good things. And there's that doesn't mean that's the limited list and that, you know, that's it. But there, you know, there are lots of questions. I think if you even, you know, they say when it comes to relationships, you know, the moment you ask yourself if you deserve better is the moment that you do. You know, they they, they say that like when it comes. if you have doubts. Yeah, if you have doubts, it means it's not right. Um, and that's not the case, the case in every situation, because there's oftentimes a lot of like, you know, personal things, internal traumas and whatever that affect how we all view our own individual circumstances. But if you, are, you might be like self-sabotaging. Yeah, yeah, of course. But if you are questioning your job and you're like, you're not happy or you're having these questions, I think it's really important to actually like, like sit with yourself and ask yourself those questions and, and to mm-hmm. like, look at those articles and, and make a pros and cons list. A lot of people said this in our DMs is to if you are thinking that you are ready to leave a job or you're not sure, or am I happy? Am I crazy? Am I just ungrateful? What is wrong with me? Make a pros and cons list. What would be the pros of keeping this job? And, or sorry, what are the pros of this job? And what are the cons of this job? Like, you know, and see which list is longer. And when I did it with myself and Disney, my pros and cons list, my cons list was significantly longer. And that doesn't mean that the job itself was a bad job. But my cons list was more things like, I feel like I'm meant for bigger things. I don't feel like it's using my time as efficiently as possible. I don't feel like I'm investing in my future career. I, you know, those kind of things can be cons. It's not you, Disney. It's me. Right. Like, it doesn't have to be that, like, I don't like this job and what I'm doing, it just, it no longer felt like the right fit. And I think making a pros and cons list and reading those kind of articles, it sort of helps you maybe formulate the thoughts that you're having a hard time getting to on your own, or maybe you don't know exactly what's making you unhappy, but doing some external research helps you kind of pinpoint what that might be. Yeah. And it might make you think of things that you didn't outwardly realize you know like as you actually get to it and like really digging into how you really feel about your work and what you're doing every day it might bring up things that weren't immediately apparent and also I with what you're saying I do think there's a lot of like contradictions with traditional ways of like older generations like gen x boomers who just kind of act like oh you're not supposed to like work you know it's supposed to be hard it's supposed to be your boss is supposed to be a hard ass like it's supposed to be blah 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 x y and z and it's kind of like ingrained in a lot of us that we should be unhappy in work like work isn't fun it's work you know and the whole right. culture of like toxic work environments they don't call them that they're just like oh you just have to get through it and like work your way up and blah 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 and become the boss and then you can do what you want to do but you know it's like their work environment and you have to adapt or whatever and it's like that's not a healthy way of looking at it. And I think a lot of people in our generation, we talked about this with the work part of defining decade, 
are trying to fight against that and really like put our foot down and say, no, we're not going to put up with this unhealthy work environment. It doesn't mean we're weak and it doesn't mean that we are bad workers or whatever. It just means that like we know our worth and we know when we're going to walk away from a situation that isn't serving us and we're going to still advance our careers and work hard in something that's actually giving back to us the way that we need. I feel like this generation is like, we are a generation that is is learning really how to prioritize mental health and how to make it mm-hmm. a pri- like make it a top tier issue and to not you know make it that like oh the career growth and the you know pleasing my boss and you know the the rat race and all of that is more important than mental health like i think that we're the first generation that's really saying no mental mental health is equally if not more important than these things because you know you can't the- successfully do these other things if no. it's not being addressed yeah and we talked about this in the defining decade last week that you know that example that one of the examples that rubbed christy and i the wrong way the most about that book was that one girl who was miserable her boss yelled at her every day she was crying on her lunch break every day and that the author's advice was just oh just stick it out you'll get better you'll get used to it you'll get through it you know and 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 both of us were like Like, "Mm." stop calling your mom just go to work (laughs) like that's an outdated perspective in our opinion, because I think there is a difference in like a trial period where you're like getting used to a job and like maybe you feel it could be imposter syndrome. It could be just nerves, lack of confidence, but there's a difference of that kind of a trial period and literally being abused and being yeah, like mistreated throughout being, your job, you know, being yelled at, being mistreated, being given way more work than is, you know, what you should be being grossly undercompensated and then being made bullied to feel better, bad that you want more money. I've seen that happen too. Um, so yeah. there, there's a big difference there. And I think that that's a huge thing that our generation has going for us is that we're not just like having this perspective that work should be miserable. And again, I know that in a previous episode, we talked about how your job is not the only thing that fulfills you. And there's a difference to what we're saying with that and this, because your job does not need to be the only thing that fulfills you. And it doesn't need to check all the boxes. You know, you can have a job or you can have a life where you you find great fulfillment in your relationships and your volunteer work and your you know your night class that you take and your job can be pretty okay. So that's not what we're saying is that like if your job is not the only thing that Stiller. fulfills your your every life mm-hmm. that you need to quit. What we're saying is to not ignore the signs when you know something's not right. And like when it's that, weighing on your life too much or like exactly. you're rating other parts too much, you know. So it's definitely a fine line and it's we can't tell you what's right or wrong in your life about your job like you're the only person that knows you and your situation and what is worth it to you but it's important like Sierra said to sit down if you're having doubts make lists look at it objectively get other people's opinions I think it's important to talk to people who you value their opinions in your life like your best friends your family your mentors like people you look up to and want to hear their perspectives I think it's great to get them don't make your decisions solely based on what other people say but they might make you think about something differently or give you some advice that you hadn't considered so I think yeah weigh your options at least look at what else is out there I think you know like we've mentioned like growing your salary is it's all about changing jobs and negotiating up and like if you change your job three times in a few years you might double your earning power because you were so complacent in that first job that you didn't even realize that you were able to negotiate higher elsewhere um and so it's important to like see what else is out there make those lists 
you know, sit down and be honest about your priorities and how your job is fitting into that um, and where you could be challenging yourself more. And like I said in that episode, like I do stick by, I don't think that your job necessarily needs to be like the most comfortable and happy place for you ever. I think a certain level of discomfort and challenge in your job that pushes you to be better is good, but not to the point where it's like unhealthy, I think is where you draw the line of like, if it's actually affecting your mental health, that's where you should put your foot down. And recognizing when society is trying to tell you that you should ignore your mental health or ignore your goals and values for the sake of, you know, this corporate game that we're all playing and money and, you know, all these things, you know, that what matters to you is what matters to you. And if financial stability is your number one goal, like you shouldn't like let other people tell you or society tell you that that's wrong if that's what makes you happy. Or if, you know, something where you have a really great work-life balance is what matters most to you, then, you know, to keep that in, you know, to not like tell yourself that you're wrong or like talk yourself out of it. I think really we, our intuition knows. And I think we like our intuition knows what we need and knows what we want. And I think so much of us has been, or a lot of us have been taught to kind of to not listen to it it for the sake of capitalism or for the sake of doing what's best for like societal yeah expectation not what you like your intuition really is pretty smart you know if you really listen it's just we have to remember how to listen and also I think there's such an aspect of this where you feel guilty like you should be grateful for having this position and for making money and all of this and obviously there is like a huge level of privilege that comes with having the ability to leave a job for something better like I think it relates back to you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs if you're not you know able to make enough money to survive at the bottom of the hierarchy of needs you're not going to find or be able to reach as much like you know like conversations of academic fulfillment and like getting along with your coworkers and things aren't as important to you like you have to meet those minimum needs first so obviously like not everyone has the privilege to you know be able to just consider you know the fulfillment aspect like they have to just think about money and getting through the month and paying rent and stuff so that's a given and it's like a guilt component of you know everything's right in this job but you know, my manager's kind of an asshole, but I feel guilty because people would kill for this or I worked really hard for this or someone advocated for me to get this position. But it's really important to like, like you said, weigh the pros and cons. Is that, you know, aspect of it worth everything else? So yeah, something that somebody wrote in about to us that I wanted to touch on that I think is a huge, huge thing is to be very wary when people call a job a family. And when when people in, in higher ups call, say, oh, well, we're a family, you know, or when your coworkers say, well, no, we have to do this for each other because we are family. It's I think having close relationships is good, but th- there's a danger when your job refers to each other as a family, because that's where you can potentially be set up to be manipulated, because you often find that people, you know, you have obligations to family and people who you, you know, have to invite to your wedding but don't really want there but it's an obligation because it's family you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like things like that but in a job that oh you should be taking on extra work because we're a family we help each other out or you should come in early but not clock in till nine o'clock because we're Mm -hmm. family and I've seen at a previous job I was in there would be people who in our you know groups and you know 
for the, the job would, would refer to it as, oh, we're, we're the, the family, we're the blank family, you know, and we do these things for each other. And there would be people that would comment and be like, no, I'm sorry, like, love you guys, but this is a paycheck and I'm here to make money and I'm not going to like take on these extra obligations, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the, with the guys that this is a family because we're not. And that doesn't make you a shitty person to not want to like do things and not be compensated for it because you are there to do a job and you were, and so I just wanted to put that out there because somebody wrote in and brought that up. And I've seen that happen in a previous workplace and it can be dangerous because you're like, oh, well, I want to have my work family, you know, because I want to have, you know, those you close friendships yeah. and I want to be included. I want to be part of something bigger than myself. I want to be part of a community, but you can still have friendships and all of that. And you're allowed to have real- boundaries in your work. Boundaries, boundaries and limits and recognizing when something is being taken too far. I think that's yeah, super important. When the lines are too blurred, for sure. That's a good point. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, um, it's just, it's, but it's so counterintuitive because you think of oh, a boss referred to, oh, well, we're the blank family. You're like, oh, they love us. That's so sweet. It's like, and they may not realize they're doing it, but it, it, there are people who will take advantage of you. people in, mm-hmm. and guilt you into getting extra perks and extra work and extra bonus out of this obligation to this community that isn't really a community and also those kind of things often it's like a sliding scale where it's not overnight where they're immediately asking all these things it's like a a slow build of like oh you wouldn't mind doing this for me or oh you wouldn't mind staying late for this project because blah 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 like i'll get you pizza all that kind of thing you know where it's like it's Mm -hmm. happened slowly and suddenly you look back and you're like how did i get to the point where i am drowning in overtime and not able to like stay afloat with my life because of all this so because it's Definitely happening like incrementally where yeah it's it's uh and it's hard to do because you feel especially if you're a really like nice empathetic person you feel like an asshole you feel like someone mm-hmm. who's like no i'm sorry like i'm not gonna do this extra work like i'm not and gonna you, if you really do like your coworkers or your boss and like feel that loyalty to them it is really hard so i totally get that and i think but... it also goes down to like arguing for extra compensation or arguing for a raise is like you know, you, you're no, oh, well, it's a, we're a small business. We're a small company. Like I should, I'm, I'm already so lucky to have this position. I shouldn't be doing it. Well, it's like, no, like you also have to live and you may not realize it, but there could be people in your office or in your job that are ge- being paid grossly more than you because they put their foot down and they, you know, they, they, they knew the value of their work. Mm-hmm. So it's really tricky. I wanted to share. Um, we got a, so we asked you guys on our Instagram just to tell us your stories. We got some great emails too. Tell us your stories of quitting. We have some great stories, and I'd love to dive into it if you're ready, Christy. Yeah, let's start with um one of the voice memos. Yeah. Okay. Here we have some voice memos from Scotland. Excellent. So I am from Scotland and the UK, and I recently just quit my job that I thought was my dream job, that I've been working for years to do it. Finish university, um, this is the field I've always wanted to work in, um, and I was so excited about it. Like, I knew people who worked there. I'd picked it up in my mind, thought it was the best thing ever, and walked in, loved it for a few months, and went off with my mental health being really bad. I was doing a lot of self-blaming I didn't realize that it was actually the environment that I was in um a lot of the kind of management and the structure of the organization just wasn't wasn't what it should be they weren't very supportive I understand why it was like that I understand they were short-staffed that we were in the middle of COVID 
there was many, many issues that weren't specifically the staff that were dealing with me. And I had a really good relationship with... There's more. I had a really good relationship with my direct manager um, and my supervisor. And they were a great support to me. And I thought, do you know what? They are doing everything they can to support me. Like, this is not their fault. Like, I'm obviously having a hard time. And really quite blamed myself. And it actually was... It was the big managers, it was the organisation, it was the culture that just was not okay. And I didn't realise that at the time. So I went through the process of leaving the job and it was genuinely the hardest thing I've ever had to do because I love my clients, I love the people I work with, my staff and team were wonderful. And I thought I was making the biggest mistake of my life when I was doing it. Okay, there's a few more, but I think that that's a good gist. I think that's such a good point where, like, we're talking about it's not always black and white with, like, everything's terrible, all signs point to quit. Like, sometimes there are contradictions in the job and things that you really do love and you feel like you're not going to find them elsewhere. Like she was saying, you know, she really liked her coworkers and her clients, but, like, the upper management was causing problems and she had to be honest with, like, this is not okay and, like, this is something that is actually worth leaving over. So I think that that's a tough spot to be in, but it can um, go back to that. Remember that that thing we've talked about a million times that it's and not, but you can love your clients and love your coworkers and the management is not good and you're not happy and you need to move on. Like those things can be true at the same time. So, and I feel like often we use it as a bartering thing with ourselves. Like, oh, but I love my coworkers. I shouldn't leave. Oh, but the commute's mm-hmm. like, really I short. I should be grateful to have leave. coworkers or, good. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, and you, you should yourself, but it doesn't have to be where every single element is miserable to to not be right for you. And that's, mm-hmm. she's the perfect example of that. So I'm so glad she uh, sent in her, her memo. Also, shout out to Scotland. a loyal listener all the way in Scotland. That was so great. So we wanted to share a couple more stories now that we're write-ins of people telling us their stories of how they quit their job and why. So I'll go ahead and start. I was being harassed by a coworker for weeks, openly in front of the rest of the office. This person was yelling at me, blatantly ignoring me, asking other people to ask me questions while standing right next to me, etc. So I went to HR and it was all blamed on, oh, it's her personality. And I was told to suck it up. Mm. They brought us to meetings together and she cried and blamed me and they believed her because she was five years my senior. After weeks of going back and forth and crying in my car every day, I wrote a formal resignation letter. I went in at 5 a.m. I packed up my desk in the dark and I never went back. I did everything I could other than take legal action and I was just exhausted. I took this job because of the pay and the promise of a future and I wasn't valued or cared for by the people that begged me to work for them. Never stay somewhere that doesn't care about your mental well-being. It is never worth it. I didn't have anything to fall back on, but I knew if I stayed, I might not be here today. Wow. That's, that's, I'm so glad. Thank you so for sharing that. That's a heavy situation. And I'm so glad that you made that choice to get out of that job. And that's, the thing is, that almost sounds as severe as the example from the defining decade, like that, or the defining that was almost as severe as this. And yet she's saying what I would have said, which is there is no job worth putting your mental health and your well-being in that point where you are shaking and crying every day. Like, you are you and your mental health are worth so much more than that and like you will find other jobs that won't do that to you you know like there's that other are things still out gonna, there that be, are gonna be you know for this is good for your growth. career advancement yeah exactly 
This is kind of related. It says, so I'm a clinical social worker and just quit my job at an eating disorder treatment center in June. I toyed with the idea for months due to a new manager that was beyond toxic and frankly, a narcissist. I know that term is thrown around all the time, but I'm not exaggerating. She was awful. She was cold, not she did not actively work with us to find solutions to problems and gaslit us anytime we brought up issues. During one interaction in which I was asking for support to take time off, I was told that my personal problems didn't matter and I was expected to, quote, leave my baggage at the door and show up. This is just one of the many examples. I began having symptoms of anxiety and stress, insomnia, nightmares, eating a ton of crappy food, and frequent crying. I knew it wasn't worth my sanity, but financial stability was the main thing holding me back from quitting sooner. It really was a hard decision because breaking into private practice as a therapist and building a caseload from the ground up is really hard. Ultimately, I decided to honor my own self-worth and leave. The first month of my new job, my pay- my paycheck was literally $3 after taxes and insurance, but it was so worth it to have my mental health and well-being back. I realized I come from a place of privilege in even having the option to quit this job, and many people are not as lucky. If someone was in the same boat as me, I would encourage them to firstly make sure their finances are in order. Secondly, I would say quit in a professional way and absolutely request an HR exit interview. Overall, I would encourage someone to make a list of all the ways this job has affected their mental health and really take a look at it. That in itself can be a very sobering to see on paper. You don't owe your employers anything. At the end of the day, it is a business and you will be replaced quickly. Always choose yourself and walk away with metaphorical middle fingers in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a great write-in. Thank you so much. That is, I'm I'm so sorry that she went through that, but I'm glad she came out the other side. And that, that, I'm so, took some lessons from it too. But yeah, I think that is really hard, especially like when you are, you do think like, oh, but this is the right move for my career. But it's like, okay, at what cost? (laughs) Right, right, exactly. And uh, making that list, I think when you put things on paper for yourself, I think, again, this goes with relationships too. It was one of the things that helped me do a breakup several years ago that I really needed to do that was so super hard for me is I actually physically wrote down how the things I liked and the things that were hurting me and the ways I think I had changed and the ways that um, my friends thought I I like actually wrote it on paper and looked at it. And it was very sobering because I think once you write it down, you're acknowledging it's true versus mm-hmm. like actually just like keeping it up and, it. Yeah. and keeping it in your head. So I think physically doing that um, sometimes makes things very clear for you to the point where you can't really ignore it anymore. Right. All right. Next, next story. All right, quitting story time. It was my first job out of college, and I was only there for about nine months before leaving for my current role. In that job, I had a lot of access to personnel salary information, which most of the time wasn't a huge deal because I wasn't um, I wasn't supposed to see people outside of my department. We had some turnover, and in my nine months there, I became the person with the most experience besides for supervisors. Big yikes. I was working really long hours and dealing with an overall negative company culture. Then one day, my boss asked me to do something with the salary file, and I saw my counterpart's salaries because she had left a field blank. I had been pulling the weight and being paid less than a a man who still didn't have his degree yet, but yet it was a requirement for the role. That was the day I decided to leave, and now in my current role, I am valued and making double what I did in the first role. It is not perfect, but I feel valued when I am there. Damn. Can you That's imagine that? Crazy. I would have been so effing pissed. I would have been so upset. Yeah, totally. Like required for the role and then he doesn't even have it and he's getting paid more. And um, she's I getting doing not. so much more work and has been yeah. there longer. 
That's that is crazy. Wow. It's a no well, for me, dog. Yeah, I'm so glad she got out of that. I quit my job in January 2021. I started my job in June 2020 and it was the middle of COVID. So I started working from home and it was a finance job. I'm very outgoing and extroverted. The job was very lonely and I was just working on things and not interacting much with coworkers. It really got to me. My manager was also the worst and put a lot of stress on me. Towards the end of 2020, I was so stressed and couldn't even switch off from work and it was affecting me mentally a lot. Thankfully, my husband has a good job and supported me. He saw how miserable I was and told me it wasn't worth it. I'm still trying to figure out what to do with my life and have corporate PTSD from that job. I'm currently working as a server and it is stress-free and I like that I have found myself again. So that's a good example of someone who maybe like had the flexibility to quit without knowing. It just needed to like take a beat and find herself and like do something that would, you know, bring her that fulfillment that she felt that she was missing in that job and Mm -hmm. that I'm sure that like she'll be able to collect herself and figure out like where she wants to go from here but sometimes it's hard like when you don't have something lined up immediately after it might be a source of stress or it might be like an opportunity for you to actually like come back to yourself in a way if you felt like that last job like really beat you down or was really taxing on you not all paths are linear you know, like you might need to step down from something for your mental health and then like take a minute to collect yourself again before you're able to give yourself completely to another job that's better for you. At the Absolutely. Same time. This next story says, hi, I recently quit a job that I loved. I was a legal secretary at my local district attorney's office. My supervisor liked to play favorites and I was not one. The attorneys loved me. I was doing senior paralegal work, but not getting compensated at that level. I tried to ask for additional compensation, even with the help of my managing attorneys. Management would not budge and made things very difficult and awkward for me, as I wouldn't get credit for the amount of work I did. I was the fixer, so to speak, and anyone who would would come to me when things were messy. I was able to find a job that was going to compensate me for my skills, and I will never forget the look on my supervisor's faces when I handed in my notice. They tried to promote me right then on the spot to senior paralegal in a last ditch Uh effort to keep me. And I laughed in their face and said, too little, too late. (laughs) Siri played too little, too late by Jojo. Honestly, my anthem. But yeah, I think that's so true. It's like you, you never know until you're actually willing to walk away from something, what they could offer to keep you there, you know? And so, and it's crazy because you know, they could have done it the whole time. They just didn't. Exactly. Like it's. I think that's why it's a tricky spot to be in because you have to be like actually willing to walk away from something. But at the same time, I think it is important to let them know, hey, I or, you know, you could at least ask, like she said, you know, I think I deserve more. And if they say no to that, then you start looking for other things. You start interviewing, you look for other opportunities, you find something better. And then finally you say, hey, I'm interviewing at other places just to let you know um whatever and see if they actually come back you know because it's kind of like a game of like who how far can you go like until they really say oh shit this is real we're gonna lose her we need to offer her something better um and you have to actually be willing to walk away sometimes for them to offer what you deserve which is sad and they should have done it in the first place so it's probably good that you're finding something else but yeah um, you know there's other steps you can take first to find out if it's opportunity if there's opportunity to actually get something better from your current position um, and if not, then yeah, walk away. <laughs> yeah. Too yeah. little, too late. 
Too Little Too Late by JoJo. Okay, this is a story of kind of like that weird in-between time of the two weeks. It says, I quit my first job ever when I got married because my husband was stationed on the other side of the country. I was so scared to tell the main boss because I thought he'd be upset. So I talked to some of the other managers first and they were super nice and supportive. But when I finally had the chance to talk to the main boss, he was really rude and said it was fine, but you're making a huge mistake. He was referring to the marriage. When it doesn't work out and you come running back here, I'll try to have a job open for you. Then he literally never spoke to me again for the rest of my two weeks. When I had work-related questions, he'd just ignore me and give me dirty looks. Like, that is so unprofessional. Immature. Holy cow. I cannot imagine. And that's why people get anxiety about having to actually, like given their two weeks because people react like that sometimes like that's and you so know what sad. that's literally like case in point showing that she made the right decision because people right. w- they, when they show you who they are at like Believe in them. times of crisis it can make a decision for you whether or not this was the right thing to do and i think he very much showed his true colors and she made the right call like for her to comment about her marriage that's just like that's so, so inappropriate not yeah so bad um this girl told a story of uh, how she quit her job after um, a new person replaced the CEO and was doing some really shady stuff that uh, compromised like the integrity of her job oh, and shit. compromised the integrity of, um, you know, just like other employees and everything going on. And she said yeah. as soon as uh, she quit, that three people followed her, but like nobody did anything until she quit. And I think it was the kind of thing where she started a. Um, a chain reaction people realized then that they could they could quit and make those decisions and that maybe people had been scared to what she said at the end of what she wrote was she said i am still processing everything that happened and i would be lying if i said it wasn't mildly traumatic but at the end of the day i know i did the right thing our hr coordinator and one of our development directors quit with me as well and i am so much happier at my new job my old job had become way too much a part of my identity and i had no work-life balance so i'm actively working to make sure i protect that at my new job damn that's sounds like that she reminds made, me sounds of like um, she made the right call yeah seriously there's an episode of shameless where one of the kids starts interning at this like tech company and he finds out that they're doing illegal things and then like the mm-hmm. feds raid the place and obviously shameless is like a comedy so it's like right funny but it's um that's like scary because you always want to assume that you know with the levels of people that it goes through and everyone's making like moral decisions but sometimes like you might realize that things are not being done right and you have to be the one that walks away and separates yourself before your reputation professionally gets tainted because of something that happens like that could be shady so good that she got out but scary when you're in the moment because you're like wait is this wrong like they seem to be okay with it, you know? Like, you want to assume the best of them, so... Yeah, that's tough. Okay, so we're going to share a little bit of advice that we think might help if you're looking to th- quit your job, if you've been thinking about it, maybe what steps you want to take first, um, and advice from you guys who've been in that situation that might help you out. So here we go. Yeah, we wrote a question box on this for uh, advice for people wanting to quit. So uh, I'll go ahead and read the first one, which is uh, the DM that I was talking about Um before she said this is too long for the box but do not let anyone gaslight you by saying that your concerns issues or environment aren't bad enough to leave in quotes only you can determine that for yourself and it is not for others to decide for you 
Also, if your workplace refers to their employees as a family, run and run quick. And also don't let that be what guilts you into staying because they are not your family. They sign your paycheck and they will replace you. In this email, this girl says, "Be it, you can be as vague as you like. When I gave my two weeks, I simply told my manager I found a new opportunity and I ended up telling some coworkers where I was going because I figured they'd see it on LinkedIn anyway. But if you don't want to tell them, you don't have to. If someone asks you and is pressuring you, simply say, I'm still working out some details in the title of my position, so I'd rather not share until it's official. Classy and girl bossy. Ooh, this is my coworker wrote this in. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, he said, there's only one currency you cannot get more of, your life. Are you spending it wisely? Amen. I love that. You're responsible only for yourself and making sure you're happy and healthy. Yep. <laughs> it's like Olivia Rodrigo. Good for you. You look happy and healthy. Just do it, but be responsible and have a financial plan. Yes. Again, we want to reiterate that, like, don't just go quitting willy-nilly without thinking about it. Like, it's important to make a plan. Make sure that it's feasible for you. If you are able to line something up beforehand and really, like, think it out, don't just impulsively, you know, your boss does one thing that pisses you off and you throw your papers in the air and yell, I quit dramatically. Like, you got to be strategic about it, but be honest exactly. with yourself about what you need. This girl says, try not to burn your bridges on the way out because you never know what the future holds. And that doesn't necessarily Very mean true. you're going to go back to this job, but it also could mean they could have connections in places you don't realize and you don't want to accidentally blacklist yourself. Yeah. Just because you're great at a job doesn't mean you need to keep doing it if you're unhappy. That's such a good point. I feel like so many people, that's their excuse. Like, oh, I'm so good at this. Like, I must be meant to do it. Like, why would I leave something I'm great at when that's not the only factor? Like, that's good for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So many of our responses just say, don't compromise your mental health. And don't stay at some place where you're not being valued. And I think if you know in your heart that you're planning to leave, but you're going to stay a little bit longer in order to save up some more money, that that might help soften the blow a little bit for yourself just because you know it's like it's not forever. This does have an end date. You're going to get out of this, but you just might need to save up a little more first. Yeah, I think just that... set some goals and have a timeline exactly. at least. So there's like something concrete written down for yourself. In life, I have, I've been told this a lot and I find it to be true. You know, at the end of the day, you regret so much more, not the things that you did that were mistakes or the things that you did, you know, that were tough, but you regret the things you did not do more. Yeah, definitely. Life is too short to settle for jobs that don't value you. Don't feel guilty for looking out for yourself. It takes courage and resources, but a lot of growth is waiting for you. And sometimes it is scary to like swing into the unknown if you don't know that like a lot of people were saying, what if my new job doesn't make me happier? But it's like the what ifs are going to kill you. You know, you'll never mm -hmm. if you never try, you never know. Like, you know that you're not super satisfied where you are now. So you might as well try something new. Yeah, this these two um, advice bits are, are interesting because they're kind of arguing the other side of it. This one says, dig deep. The grass is always greener on the other side. So make sure you aren't leaving for the wrong reasons. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's important to take stock of as well. And this one says, take steak. Is quitting going to give you momentary happiness or actual <laughs> happiness? I'm sorry. I think they meant take stock. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> While you're leaving, take the steak. <laughs> Filet mignon or bust. I can't. Okay. okay. Read it again. Sorry. Take stock. Is quitting going to give you momentary happiness or actual happiness? 
So that's just things mm-hmm. to keep in mind to make sure that, you know, you're not just quitting on a whim or because one small thing went wrong or you, you know, were faced with a challenge. You know, it's also you got to, you know, make sure you're you're doing the right thing. So, again, that's all we're saying. We're not saying go out and quit your job tomorrow, even mm-hmm. if you're happy Willy and it's you're great and the best thing you've ever had. We're not, you know, but just part of this great resignation is just really taking stock of what matters to you and like really evaluating what's going on. Yeah, this is a good one to go along with that. Jobs are mutually beneficial relationships. You should get as much as you give. And if it's Mm. an unbalanced relationship, you know, if you're giving too much and not getting much in return, you got to walk. That is thoughts on quitting your job. There is so much. Like, I feel like we could do a multi-episode series on this. Yeah. There is. We got so, so much many responses and so much to say. Like, we just appreciate your guys' engagement so, so, so much. Like, hundreds of responses, but you're not joking. Like, you guys really had so much to say on this. And I think it's because it's just such a relevant and personal topic. So we appreciate your engagement and your your responses so much. I just said engagement response like 500 times. I'm so sorry. That's okay. The great resignation is here. Take your place. Winter is coming. <laughs> Winter is coming. The great pumpkin is rising. <laughs> Pumpkin is rising. Thanks for listening, you guys. We really appreciate it. You can always keep the conversation going. If you have more advice to share on our Instagram post when we announce this episode, you could share some in the comments. Keep it going. Uh, DM us any other thoughts or things you'd like to add. And we look forward to um, talking to you next week. So thanks for listening. Give us a review. Five stars if you want. Perhaps follow us on Instagram at fingerscrosspod. Anything else I forgot to All plug? the things. Good. I don't Everything. think so. On three. One, two, three. Keep Michael. Your fingers crossed. All right. Come on, <laughs> Michael. <laughs>